Okay, right. I am neither Io nor Pastor Barry. If you're new today, I am Pastor Vicky. And I would like to say that I don't think either of these two would have colour-coordinated themselves for the 1st of December with a bit of red. So there you go, there you go. Um, <laughs> Barry might have colour-coordinated himself for the 1st of December uh, because I generally choose Barry's clothing before he leaves the house. Uh, if you're new here today, you are so welcome. Maybe you're listening on podcast. Um, you've never visited us here, but if you're in the area, come and visit. I know there's someone in today who's visiting from North Wales, so come and visit us if you're in the area. But if you are listening on podcast and you need to contact us, maybe you need prayer, yes. email in. Hello at hopechurchhome.co.uk because we care for you too. Um, can I just give a shout out to all the volunteers and who this week have made Sunday happen because behind the scenes you could not believe the complications we have had with our building this week. Um, ahead of our building project, this building certainly throws us some challenges, uh, but we are here. At one point we were like, is Sunday going to happen? But we're here. But it took a lot of people giving their time to come down to make it happen. So I do want to give a big shout out to everybody this week and this morning who's made it happen because there's been a lot had to happen this morning um, to make this morning be as beautiful as it is. And our volunteer masquerade ball that's coming up, you know, together we're building something great. Okay, me and Barry aren't building something on our own. Uh, we are one body with many parts and we all play our part. And without one of us, this thing wouldn't function like it does because God's brought us together. And so please fill in those slips on your seats. We want to bless you and honor you that night for all that you do to build this house with us. Um, and the masks, you know, I know one of the things could be I don't have a mask and masks are expensive. We've sourced masks for £1.50 each and you can get them on the night. If you don't have £1.50, we will give you a mask, as long as you just come and have a good time and let us serve you. So please fill in that slip, hand it in at the desk. We do need to know for catering purposes. Okay, let's say it like we mean it. I am a child of God, so I am entitled to all the benefits that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me, and to respond with faith, belief, and be changed by his word. Amen. So the confusion over Io is coming to speak is because Io was coming to speak. I have no idea how Barry's name appeared on it because he was never in the running this week. It was all going to be Io. And, you know, if you've been on this journey with us, even for probably a short amount of time, you'll know that we pray really carefully about our preaching calendar about what we do, about the series that we do. They're not just something that we just come up with. Um, and we're all really sensitive and open to bring what God wants us to bring to the point where we will move ourselves out the way when we know it's not for us this week. And so Io was going to be preaching. And then yesterday afternoon, you know, the circumstances of this week and things, but yesterday afternoon, Io just knew it's not me this week. Yep. Yeah. And so Io stepped aside, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's me this week. Uh, so it was yesterday afternoon, but that isn't because we don't prepare in advance. That's because we're sensitive to what the Spirit says. And so yesterday afternoon, I 
uh, began to prepare a preach for today. And at the outset of my notes, I wrote down the words of Waymaker, not realizing it was on the list, not realizing that Dave Bowne was going to mention it in his preach, not realizing that Barry was going to get up and talk about the words of Waymaker. And I messaged Iowa Fatmon at some ridiculous time um, saying, could we have Waymaker after the preach? And Fatman said, you sure can because it's on the list. I'm like, well, that's a first. Because if I normally request something after the word, it's not been practiced, it's not been scheduled, it's not been anything. I was like, they, we are synced. Um, but I wrote down the words because here's the thing. I want us to go into this preach with our faith high and our expectancy high. Because God, in his majesty and his greatness, has moved things around this morning and spoken through people and brought people out to speak who weren't meant to be speaking for such a time as this. A divine appointment with God. And I want to read the words of Waymaker. I've condensed them because it's a long song. It says, you are here moving in our midst. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Touching every heart, I worship you. You are here healing every heart. I worship you. You are here turning lives around. I worship you. You are here mending every heart. I worship you. Waymaker, you wipe away all tears. You mend the broken heart. You're the answer to it all, Jesus. You wipe away all tears. You mend the broken heart. You're the answer to it all. There is nothing in this room today, no matter what name it carries, that is too great for God. Every single thing that presents itself in your life today is possible. Everything. Because... He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the miracle worker. He's my God. He's your God. That's who he is. He's true to who he is. He's not a man. He doesn't go around and lie. He's true to who he is. And who he has promised you something over the years. Barry touched on it this morning with Abraham. I promise you this. He's a promise keeper. Way more than I'm a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper and that will come to pass. And His time, we hear it so often, is not our time. But his time is perfect. And when that comes, that promise comes in all its fullness, it's going to come in such a glorious way, it will knock you off your feet. Even though you've expected it because you've been in faith for what God has spoken over your life, when it comes, it will be so glorious that it will knock you off your feet because he's faithful. You may be sat there saying, well, that's all great, Nikki, but you don't know what it's like for me. You don't know how big this thing is that I'm facing and how big this thing is that I'm dealing with, but I want you to know, I'm sure you already do, that God knows. God does know. What are you believing for? You know, this is the last month of 2019, but what are you believing for today? Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus, who was clearly blind, what do you want from me? What can I do for you? 
And Jesus is saying that today. What is it you want? And yeah, he knows, but he wants to enter into dialogue with you personally. He's a personal God. He doesn't want to just be the one that just does everything without any relationship with you. He's a relational God. And at the beginning of this sermon, he's saying to you, what is it you want from me today? What do you want me to do? He wants you to enter into conversation. Maybe you're thinking, Vicky, do you know how many conversations I've had with God about this? You still keep going back to a doctor when a doctor doesn't give you the answer. And our God is a great God. Have the conversation again. He is an amazing God. Exodus chapter 16 verse 15, chapter 15 verse 11 says, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? Do you understand the, 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 what they say, it, these verses are saying about God? It says, O Lord, you are glorious in holiness. Oh Lord, you are awesome in splendor. Oh Lord, you perform great wonders. Why should we doubt him? Why should we doubt him? You know, we're continuing with our series, Relationship Rescue. And we've covered some incredible topics throughout this. And the feedback we're getting from you all is amazing. But today I want to slightly flip it on its head. We're still going, I'm not veering off relationship rescue series, we're still doing it. But what I want to say to you is, relationship isn't all about people. I want to look at this in a different way. I want to talk to you about one thing that can change everything when nothing has changed. Have you ever been in that situation where you feel like something has shifted, but yet around you nothing seems to have changed? This one thing that I'm going to talk to you about today changes everything without the circumstances having to change. It changes everything. You know, the word relationship means three things. The way in which two people or things are connected. The state of being connected by blood or marriage. And the way in which two or more people or things behave towards each other. So today in this Relationship Rescue series, I want to talk about a thing and our relationship with it. Some may have never experienced this thing before in a way that I'm going to talk about. Some of you may not realize the access you have as a child of God to this thing. Some of you, if you're anything like any of us, know it, but you've strayed from it when we take our eyes off. So my question today to you is, how is your relationship with peace? How is your relationship with peace? Where is peace in the pecking order of your life? At about 2 a.m. this morning, I was asking myself that question. Where is peace in the pecking order of my life? Where is peace in the pecking order of my attention and my focus? How is your relationship with peace? I, I'm talking about in your own personal life, behind closed doors, when you're alone with the storm, when you're wandering through a valley all alone, and there's just you. 
when it's just you and your thoughts, how is your relationship with peace then? I'm not on about the Sunday face, because we all have one. I'm on about the real nitty-gritty. When you close the door, and it's just you. I remember I had a, a few years that I strayed away from God. If I was somebody who lived with regret, that would be the biggest regret of my life. <laughs> Young people, never take your eyes off Jesus. Older people, never take your eyes off Jesus. Because I'm telling you, you will end up on a path that is destructive. And I remember shutting the bedroom door and lying in bed one night. And I, I pictured a jigsaw. And I, the only way I could describe it, it, it was like the center part of this jigsaw that was within me was missing. I had a hole and I had no peace. And that was when I was true to myself. I wasn't true to myself in front of mum and I wasn't true to myself in front of friends. That was when I was true to myself. How is your relationship with peace in those moments? Peace is yours to receive it and peace is yours to keep it. Yeah? Let us be keepers of peace in our own life and in our own world. I want to go back to what the word relationship means, but I want to tweak it a little bit and take out the, the, the word of people. Relationship means the way in which two things are connected. The state of being connected by blood and the way in which two things behave towards each other. We are connected through, with peace through the blood of Jesus, which behaves faithfully and loyally to me and to you. Okay, so the first point is the way in which two things are connected. We are connected with peace. Secondly, the state of being connected by blood. We are connected through the blood of Jesus. Because when he went to that cross and he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. That's everything. He conquered everything. He conquered death. He conquered fear. He conquered sickness. He conquered everything. He didn't leave a little bit out. So we are connected with peace through the blood of Jesus. And then it says the way in which two things behave towards each other. Jesus and his peace behave faithfully and loyally. But it actually says how two things behave towards each other. The question I believe in today's message is how do we behave back? And I'm not stood here like I have got it all together. Believe you and me, I have challenged myself throughout the night with this question before I get up and give this message. How do we behave back when he's faithful and loyal to us? He doesn't say, I'm going to give you peace now and again. He's never too busy with other people giving them peace. No, no, his peace is a gift to you. It's a gift to each and every one of us. I believe God would say to people in here today and maybe on the podcast that you need to stop viewing your life the way you think it should be. That you are thinking life should be a certain way and that in itself is causing you anxiety. God wants you to know that you are not failing at life. You are listening to this either in person or on a device somewhere, and you believe you are failing at life. And God wants you to know today you are not failing at life. 
And who says what failure of your life looks like anyway? The only person whose expectations you need to follow are God most high. People will speak over your life with expectations and subconsciously we go along with it and we think that we're failing. God is saying to you today, you are not failing at life. That is a lie that has been sown into you and spoken into you and the enemy wants you to believe that you're failing at life and you are on the verge of giving up and God says to you today, you are not failing at life. Receive my peace. You need to right-size your situation. When we're looking at something in a great mass, it becomes overwhelming. And we don't know how to cope with it. And God says today, right-size your situation. Right-size your circumstances. Bring it down to something that is small. See how God sees it. It's not that God sees it and, and oh, that's not important, Vicky. Because he knows what matters to me. He knows where I'm at. He knows the sleepless nights. He knows all those things. But what he's saying is, hey, listen, trust me. Because this, I can deal with it. And you know, if we right-size it, it's one step that isn't that big. Take it one step at a time. Io, when he preached last time, he said something, and I actually made a screensaver, Miss Not Creative, but it impacted me that much, I made a screensaver. And it said this, and it's always stuck with me since, be faithful to the instruction of the moment. That's all you've got to do. Be faithful. What's the instruction of the moment? Right size this thing, shrink it down to how God sees it and go, okay, what's the next action I need to take? And that is the only thing you need to be faithful to. You don't need to be faithful. And when you do that, a peace settles in your heart because you've gone from being frantic at the enormity of what it is you're dealing with and you're bringing it right down and saying, okay, God, you've, you've got this. You've got the answers and I'm just going to be faithful to the instruction of the moment. And then finally, change your declaration. Daily there is a declaration coming out of some mouths that this is never going to end, that this is too great, that this is too big. And God says today you need to change your declaration, your daily declaration. Maybe you need to get up in the morning and say this storm will pass. Today is a new day. His mercies are new today. You need to start speaking a declaration of life over your day at the beginning of the day. You know, we had one of our children for quite a number of years was, was, was poorly. And um, I remember in the last year uh, of it, I began to change my declaration as a mum. And so after all the other children had gone to school, I would walk into this child's bedroom and I would say this. Why not today? Why not today? Why is it not going to be today that you're not going to get out of bed? And I would tell them about the healing that they received at the cross. And I would say, who says it won't be today that your body comes in line? Who says, come on, let's get up. And I'd open the curtains and I'd start to speak life over a situation that had gone on so long it seemed hopeless. And I began to speak life and I had to change my declaration over this child's life and put God at the center of it. Because this child needed peace. He didn't need me walking and going. Because he needed to see that, no, my mom here believes that God is big. 
My mom here believes that today is the day. What's your declaration over your life? John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The reality of this world system and the brokenness brings chaos. It brings dysfunction. It brings disorder. And Jesus is saying to us today, calm down. Take a breath. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You belong to me. You've been bought with my blood, and you are mine. The calamity and chaos of this world is not something that we have to live a part of. You know, I I was talking to one of my younger children going to school the other day, and I said to them, you know, you're going to be being taught all kinds of things in this world at the moment. And there's all kinds of stuff that's being said and being taught. And I said, you know, in the Bible it says that in the last days, people will say what is right is wrong. And what is wrong is right. And what I was saying to her was, hold your nerve. Don't, you don't have to question just because you're being taught something different that what you believe is wrong. Hold your nerve. And when you hear things being told to you that you know isn't right because it doesn't line up with the Bible, just sit there and go, it's okay. God warned me about this. He told me that in the last days these things would happen and it's okay. And I don't need to question what I think because God's already warned me this is going to happen. This world will bring chaos and dysfunction and disorder, but he has overcome the world. You know, at the beginning of December, like the Christmas story, like I don't want to get up and preach a Christmas story to you because I think you might nod off. Because like if you've watched one nativity, you've watched them all. But the fact is, it was the most miraculous thing that ever happened the birth of the prince of peace would have caused chaos carnage could you imagine the social media presence that would have had could you have imagined the headlines the whole story about his birth was chaotic but it provides a great example of humbly obeying god Even when we don't understand, but we just faithfully move towards what we know to be true and what we know to be right. And the reason why this story is portrayed with such peace is because the Prince of Peace was center stage. That's how the chaos was brought into line. You know, Joseph when the angel appears to him to say, it's quite okay that your fiancé has fallen pregnant by somebody else. (laughs) The angel goes through it and says, it's okay, take Mary as your wife, Joseph. It's all right, this is a miracle that's happened. Don't be alarmed. It says at the end, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. The only peace that was needed at that time was the voice of God. 
the Lord had spoken. And Joseph got up and he did as the Lord had commanded. In such chaos, in such dysfunction, in the Jewish culture, the, 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 the year of engagement can only be broken by divorce. That would be a public thing. This is why he was trying to do it in secret, so not to shame Mary, because he loved her. But when the voice of God came, Joseph picked himself up, because the Prince of Peace was center stage. And then there's Mary. This makes me laugh. Because Joseph doesn't say anything. He just gets up and he just cracks on with it. Mary asks, how can it be? Isn't it typical of the woman to just say, could I just have the finer details on the matter? Man, to be quite frank, if it was me, I probably want finer details on it as well. But she asked, how can it be? And the angel continued to speak to her. And then the angel closes with this. For the word of God will never fail. Let peace reign, Mary, for the, for the word of God will never fail. It will never fail. And Mary's response was, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. See, Mary and Joseph were literally bringing in peace. Mary and Joseph were literally bringing in the Prince of Peace. And so he was center stage. They chose to believe what the angel said because they knew the voice of the Lord. And when God speaks, a peace settles. And I believe for some people in here, you know that God has spoken to you about certain situations and he's given you a promise and he's given you direction. And at that time when that happened, a peace settled in you. You're like, I know. That's the voice of the Lord. Maybe it was a verse that you read out of the Bible. Maybe it was a dream you'd had. But as time has gone on, the Prince of Peace has been moved to one side. Because maybe your hope has become deferred. And God would say to you today, revisit that moment with me where you heard my voice and the peace of my voice settled in your heart and you knew. Mary and Joseph just took the steps that they needed to take to bring in peace. They were faithful to the instruction of the moment. Joseph was told this is okay and he got up and he did what was necessary. He went to Bethlehem. He went to find somewhere to stay. He did all of this. It was all the instruction to the moment. And it all led up to the birth of the Prince of Peace, of the Savior of the world. Where is something raging in your life today? There's a few things out of this story that, as I was reading it, I, I had that in me where I knew that the Spirit just wanted me to point these points out to you. They're so such crucial points, and they're going to speak right into people's lives in this place today. Peace is the one thing that changes everything 
when nothing else has changed. You see, as Mary started the journey to Bethlehem and she was heavily pregnant, Barry always laughs at me. He was like, why are women never just pregnant? He's <laughs> like, you've spent all five babies heavily pregnant. But she was heavily pregnant. She was carrying the weight of something. And God wants to say to some people who are listening to this message, you are carrying the weight of something. And you feel like it's too great to bear. And you are in the moment of going, hands up, I can't do this anymore. And God wants you to know that you are nearing the end of the journey. Keep on going. He is your strength. He is glorious in splendor. He is awesome in splendor. He is your strength. And God is saying to you today, don't buckle under the weight. Because I am here and I am walking it with you. But you need to tune into me. You need to have the Prince of Peace center stage. And the reason why you feel like you're going to buckle under the pressure at the moment is because you've removed me from center stage and therefore I can't help you with the load. A 90-mile journey on a donkey. Like 90 miles in a car on the motorway with Barry at the wheel. (laughs) Not heavily pregnant. Like... 90 miles on a donkey, but this is to speak to somebody of a long road, a long journey. And God says to you, stay the course, stay the path. Because at the end of that path and at the end of that road is your miracle, is your miracle When you see what I am going to do, God says, if you stay the path, it's going to be far more than you could ever imagine. Don't let the long journey cause you to veer off because you need to stay the path to get to where you need to be. And God knows because he is awesome in splendor. He is glorious. He is great. He's mighty. And he knows. And the journey to Bethlehem signifies a long road. But if they had come off the path, what would the story have been? Don't let weariness write your story. The crazy crowds and the madness of the census. And for some in here today, there are so many voices and you feel lost in the noise. You feel like the hustle and the bustle of life is just, (coughs) you're just meandering along. You're like, I just don't even. I can't even think straight. There is so many voices and so much noise going on in my life. Is the Prince of Peace center stage? Because if he is, you will be able to walk through the hustle and bustle of life. You'll be able to walk through the voices, some of them unpleasant. And although... It seems like everything should be going mad and you shouldn't have peace. You will have it. And if you're like, I don't even know how to get the Prince of Peace center stage. Go home. Get in your room. Put on some worship. Because the worship brings in the presence. And in his presence is the Prince of Peace. The refusal at the inns rejection was needed so that they didn't stop where they weren't supposed to be. 
some people in here and you're struggling with rejection because you feel like you've been rejected. This is not a rejection. This is just a stop sign. It's just a stop sign. We are all thankful on the road for stop signs. Okay, because if we career through the stop sign, we're going to end up in a disastrous situation or caught by the police, one of the two, and on a speed awareness course. It was just a stop sign. It was just God saying, ah, ah, stop, don't go through the door. Because you're going to end up somewhere that you're not supposed to be. Because the stable, to them, that would not probably have been their ideal situation. But Mary and Joseph were part of this great prophecy that had come many years before, coming into all its fullness and being fulfilled. If they'd gone through the wrong door, they could not have been a part of his great plan. So there is a rejection that people are feeling at the moment today. And God wants to say to you, no, 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 it's not a rejection. It's a stop sign. Because if you go through the door, you're going to end up in the wrong place. Have peace with where you're at. Knowing that you're on the right path and you're staying the course. And the prospect of delivering in the street. I know Fat Mom delivered in an ambulance, didn't she, not that long ago. But at least she didn't deliver in the street. That must have been looming over them as they're getting rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. She was probably thinking, oh. listen, one way or another, this baby's coming out wherever I am. But you know, in uncertainty, if we choose right, that's when we learn to trust more. We learn to trust more. And this is about the Prince of Peace being center stage. And then the visitors come and the wise men and the shepherds. And and there's a lovely, lovely line. And I love this line in Luke chapter 2, verse 19. The baby's been born and they're there in the stable with the animals who probably didn't know it was inappropriate to make smells. And, you know, it was all a bit mad. And, but they're there. And the wise men come. And the shepherds come. And Mary says this. Or it says this about Mary. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Oh, the awe and wonder of being where God wants you to be. The awe and wonder. You know, the shepherds came and the kings came and they knelt and they worshipped. Because as they were in his presence, they couldn't do anything else. In the presence of the Prince of Peace, they laid gifts. They gave their finest. They didn't walk in and expect something from him. They just were like, I'm just going to worship the Prince of Peace. And I'm going to give of my finest, even if it costs. I'm going to give him my finest, and I'm just going to worship him. You know, in closing, as the worship team want to get back up, peace is the thing that will change everything when nothing has changed. Peace will help you stay the course to get to the place where God has got for you. This is how peace happened despite the chaos. Just because the Prince of Peace was center stage. Jesus says this in John chapter 14, verse 27. 
I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Don't look for peace anywhere else. You may get momentary peace, but it will go. It will shift. This last year for me and Barry has been a year where we have needed to know his peace more than anything. And God spoke God spoke to me. We were together at somewhere. And, and God spoke and he spoke and he said, what you have been through this last year, he kind of let me see the enormity of what we've been through. But his faithfulness and his peace is what's brought us through. And God said, this that you have been through is going to be used as a testimony for others. And I am going to give you the opportunities to share what you have been through at just the right time so that others would know I am faithful. I am faithful. He has got you. Don't be troubled or afraid. Nobody could give me and Barry the peace that we needed. Only God. Only God. That's how you stay the course. That's how you rejoice. That's how you continue loving. Let peace reign. Choose peace. Take a breath. God wants you to know today that you are safe. Your miracle is in where you are at. Don't jump ship. Don't move elsewhere. It will come from walking with God and being obedient. He's got you and he won't let you fail. I just want to speak this psalm over each of you as I close. It's Psalm 91. It talks about being so close to God. It talks about the blessings of being close to him. And just as the worship team just play, I'm going to read this and then we're going to go back into Waymaker because I think there's been a theme today. He's the Waymaker. He's the Prince of Peace. Let's stand to our feet. Just receive this psalm for yourself today. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises. Remember those promises. He says, they're your armor and your protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, Though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Listen to this. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands 
so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fear lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. It will, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and I will give them my salvation. He is the way maker, the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're in here today and you've heard about this peace and you've heard about the Prince of Peace and you don't quite know how to get into what we're saying. You know how the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, becomes center stage of your life? It's a simple prayer away. Jesus' birth led to his death. And his death was to make a way for us to be in relationship with God. He paid the price for the sins of our lives and the things we've got wrong. And God so desperately doesn't want to be separated from us. He wants to be the peace in our life. He wants to breathe the joy in our life. It's how he designed it at the beginning before it all went wrong in the Garden of Eden. So he gave the greatest gift of all, the most costly gift. I could never imagine what it cost to do what he did for all of mankind. And he sacrificed his son because there needed to be a sacrifice so that we would all be forgiven from that moment on. And he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross. And that blood, it caused a great deal because it came from his only son. So that today, on the 1st of December 2019, an opportunity could be given for you to receive the gift of salvation and forgiveness. For you to be able to have that relationship with God. Because in a moment, in an instant, you would be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. When you give your life to Jesus and you invite him in, he is Prince of Peace, center stage, and everything changes. And maybe you've never done that before. This isn't for people who have done it before. This is for somebody who's never done that before, never invited Jesus into your heart. And maybe you've done it on your own somewhere and you feel like, no, I need to publicly do this. This is all I want. If we could all bow our heads and close our eyes, I just, if that's you, if you're like, I need to invite Jesus into my life, I just want you to put your hand up. Just going to give it another moment. I'm not going to prolong it. You can just put your hand up. And it's as simple as that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.